charge you guys to continue this theme. Honestly, I think it's a gift to the industry. I loved your post that 2024 should be the year of unreasonable hospitality. Good afternoon, Scott. How are you doing today? That was very formal, Conrad. I'm doing quite well. <laughs> yeah, I'm, ex I'm excited. We have another operator on and, and talking. We, we've talked about the 2019ers, right? And the people that got in the boom. And, and I think we've got one on today that came in with a lot of experience, right? So it'll be interesting to hear his story and, and how he didn't come in to uh, buy a Ferrari on Friday. He came in and is building a, a business. So I, I think it'll be an interesting take on a conversation that we've been having for quite some time. So I'm excited for this one. Awesome. I could tell from the background too, the Maryland Leo weather continues as appears. There's no snow, no nothing on the ground. And it's just a nice chill day up there from what I could tell. Yeah, that, that is a true story. Yeah, it, and like we had spring and then... Fall came back and we're in winter right now, but it looks like spring is back next Tuesday. So I think we're in okay shape here. Right on. Well, it should be good. We'll see what the uh, weather holds this weekend. It's going to be cold, but I might venture my way out there and see if we can have some fun whacking a little white ball around. Um, I, yeah. Saturday yeah. was complete, Conrad, when I got your picture of you out on the course. So I'll yeah. Wow, it, well, nice. well, here's the thing too. When I head out there, I put my phone in my bag. So it took me a while to text you back because that is my like, no phone time typically. Got so it. yeah, but I popped it out because I needed to check something to see what time my wife was going to arrive or I was picking her up or something. And then I saw your text and I took a picture and sent it to you. So, <laughs> all good stuff. But yeah, Adam, how are you doing? What's going on in your neck of the woods? Give us a sports update. What's flying around down there? I'm I'm happy to hear that you got on the course last week, Conrad. Quick sports update, and I'll I'll correlate it into today's discussion a little bit. We've got some some drama brewing with the indoor game. Now I've got to give a quick reminder about a couple months ago, a game that we had. And this Scott and Conrad will remember this because they were intimately involved over dinner. So when we were at Verma, I was watching, I was getting up from the table and I was going out because I needed to catch live video of the middle school championship game. And it turns out that our team lost. Now I wasn't the coach and I will say that I believe we lost because we got out coached. So we'll just leave that there. So I was getting the updates while we were down in Florida and we lost in penalty kicks. The team we lost to is this team Currituck. Now for our middle school team, we hadn't lost a game in, in I think it was like eight years. So this was a, a pretty serious deal that we lost this game. On Saturday, so tomorrow, we are playing Currituck in indoor for first place. So we're four, four games into the season now. And we've yet to see them. We're not really playing the same teams. I'm looking at the schedule and it seems like they've beaten teams that we haven't, but they've been beating them at the same rate that we have. So large gaps between the win and loss. So we've got a big game with them tomorrow, but a couple pieces of drama. So my son and I missed last week because he was traveling. Well, he came back with the flu. So he's been sitting upstairs in his room for the last five days on Tamiflu trying to recover from the flu. So we've got a little bit of the Michael Jordan flu game that's coming together right now getting him rested up, hoping that he can play tomorrow. We've got another one that that might not be able to play. So we'll see how tomorrow goes. But that sort of made me think about why I enjoy sports so much. And it's this unknown, right? We go out and we play. And I say this to the boys all the time, win or lose. It's this is why we get on the field. This is why we play. It's this unknown. You go out and you prepare and you get out there and you do the best you can, but you don't really know what's going to happen. And there's a lot of correlation to where we are in the industry and just business and life. When you think about that, we're all wrestling with unknowns every day. And I think today, to Scott's point around Mark and, and his coming into the industry in 2020 and in the time where we refer to as these 2019ers, the way that we refer to that is the new people who saw the shiny object and started chasing it. 
This is a different approach, right? Mark's approach was someone who had experience, came in, saw an opportunity and started to execute on that opportunity. So this is more about the idea of how do you scale a vacation rental company? So you've got the unknowns of the industry, you've got the unknowns of this new business and thinking about how to bring those together. That's an exciting part about what we're doing. So I'm looking forward to hearing how Mark's thinking about A, growing his business and then B, how he's really capitalizing on hospitality. Mm -hmm. I do want a picture, Adam, if you guys do win, of your son just like completely exhausted. You're holding on to him, carrying him off the field, and then Deal. he just goes and crashes. Yeah. There was the flu game. It. And then wasn't there also like a food poisoning story with Jordan where they gave him like, there was some theory about someone gave him like bad pizza on purpose so he'd be sick. Oh, I'm going to have to look place. that one up. I never refer yeah. to the bad pizza game. I always refer to Yeah. The I think some people believe that it was food poisoning, not the flu or something like that. So, oh, anyways. interesting. I digress, but we got way off topic there. Sorry, Mark. Actually, Adam, you did a really good job bringing it back on topic and then I blew it. So my apologies. But anyways, Mark, welcome to the show. We appreciate having you here with Thank us today. You. I think we'll have a pretty good discussion. We're not too far apart geographically, but for the listener, they might not know you, I suspect. So if you wouldn't mind, could you give the brief background history of you, how you got into the space and what you're focused on today? Of course. Yeah. So I'm in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, just south of you guys or some of you, but yeah. So I, I got in the business by accident. Honestly, I was I was doing residential mortgages back in, I guess, 20, 10 years ago or so. And I just got, I was tired of it. And I saw a post on Facebook for a vacation property manager, vacation rental manager. And I thought, man, that describes me. I'm good with people, mechanically inclined, all these things. So I applied for the job and I actually had to struggle to get it because they didn't hire anybody who wasn't already in the industry. But yeah, I came in and just, I understood it. I, it's my... I've already owned two businesses in the past, a mortgage company and a, and a real estate company. I came in with some expertise on how to run things, which I don't think most of the people in there just, they just wouldn't have, right? They were very reactive. It was a reactive business. I think a lot of this business is, and we can talk about that maybe in the future, but right, we just go where there's a problem. And I took a different approach. Like I ended up with 110 properties under management for this company as a senior property manager. And the difference between, I think, between me and, and the rest of the folks there in my position was that I actually developed relationships directly with the property owners so that the, the owners of my company, vacation company, they didn't have to, it was 110 properties they didn't have to think about. So I took care of everything. I made the decisions for them and I built a rapport with these property owners. I had no intention of leaving, honestly. It's just the way things went down with the, with COVID and all the bookings going away. It was, it's really a, a very fortunate story for me because I, like I said, I had no intention of leaving, but what I saw happening at the company was just, it didn't look good to me. I had a feeling it was more of an intuition. And I turned in my resignation letter with not a whole lot of plan. I, I initially was just going to be that middleman between people who booked their own bookings on VRBO or Verbo and Airbnb. And I, I just wanted to help them so that their guests got a good experience. Uh, so there'd be their boots on the ground. Fortunately, what happened is the people that I spoke to, they didn't, they wanted me to do the whole thing. So I had to learn pretty quickly how to, you know, you had to have five properties just to get on Verbo at the time. It's probably the same thing now. So I didn't have any money. I didn't have any investors. I had a credit card and I just, I just ran it very lean and it grew. My focus has always been, and I think that's, I know that's why we're successful is just to help people. So I came out of the gate with not, I didn't even, honestly, you guys, I didn't even know I needed a business license. That's how green I was in this thing. But I knew what I wanted to do. And that was to serve these people. Like I knew that they were underserved, these property owners and guests too. So I just went about thinking, you know what, I'm going to take 
I'm going to forget about everything I learned here. Not everything, but what is, instead of doing the status quo, like I started interviewing housekeepers. What do you do with all these materials? For example, these little sample bottles, they just, I find they throw them away. Oh, why don't we do full-size refillable pumps everywhere? Stuff like that. I started asking questions and learning. And then the biggest thing for me was opening the booking window down here. It was Saturday to Saturday only. And I picked the wrong software for my PMS and I couldn't block people from that, from only booking Saturday. So they started booking whenever they wanted. And I'm freaking out. Property owners are freaking out. And I started calling these guests and saying, you got to, you can't do this. It says in all caps Saturday. And I found out from every one of them, they said, I don't want to come to Hilton Head on Saturday. I look for any other day than Saturday. So I asked my seven properties at the time, do you, do you trust me? Let's see what happens. And man, that's changed everything. And not just for me and this company and for my owners, but on this island. So now everybody's doing any day of the week, three, four night rentals with a higher nightly rate. And so it just, we've never lost sight of what we're trying to do. And that's really just to make the best experience mm -hmm. for the guests which serves the owners as well. I love that. I'll, we'll come back to that because I feel like Scott could add some additional flavor into that. So I'll come back to you one second, Scott. But I forgot to ask you a second ago, Mark, is there a song the best describes you as well? So the listener got some context on your business oh, background. A song the best describes yeah, you. Yeah, so I chose Whatever It Takes by Imagine Dragons. So that's, I listen to a lot of that. I'm extremely overly music focused. In fact, I'm working on a side gig. I'm going to teach myself how to be a DJ. Um, now that this company runs itself, but uh, yeah, I, so I listen to this, these songs every morning, these affirmational pump up type songs. And that came on this morning and I was like, thank goodness I found That's one. That's it. <laughs> I'm, seriously, I'm listening to hundreds of songs a day. I'm like, how can I possibly choose? But it hit me and my life coach or business coach, I texted her this morning about it and she said, it's the year of the dragon. So it's fitting. Perfect. Perfect. So, Whatever it takes. That's what this business is, Scott, right? Whatever it takes. But I wanted you to react to Mark's thoughts that process there about, it was funny how like your PMS didn't allow it, but then you ended up finding this win there. You'd said the same thing recently, right? That some large companies came in, broke that mold, and then you were initially resistant if memory serves, and then you embraced it, I believe. Yeah. I mean, we went through a really in-depth review of performance. And Mark, to your point, I mean, we were looking in Ocean City and Delaware and had found, quite honestly, we had owners saying, hey, La Casa is providing better revenue than we've ever seen. And we poured through a lot of stuff. We had some owners, you know, give us a download on what they did. And they did what you did, Mark. All they did is essentially either mistakenly fell into it thinking they knew better, or they looked in, and heard the consumer better than anyone did. And they opened it up and they are crushing it. Now, to your point, Mark, there's that window of time when everyone looks and goes, oh God, I hope this works. I hope this works. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you, and now that we've got the master here, Conrad, with driving us leads, we're already seeing it take shape, even in our own portfolio. We went all in this year. And we're seeing people grab shorter stays. And, and we've even seen some midweek bookings coming in earlier, right? So you just look at it and go... It's what the consumer wants. And Mark, I'm the resident ops guy on this group. And and I think the hook for me, right, as I look at it, and I'm sure you're very much the same, is I'd rather people check in across multiple days, right? Because then I can move my team more effectively. I can offer them more hours, right? There's a lot better things you can be doing when you spread out your work rather than, all right, everyone, brace for impact. Go easy on Friday night because we're all going to be here cleaning hundreds of toilets on Saturday morning. Go team. Scott, that's <laughs> interesting because 
I almost remember, I remember back when it was Saturday and how nice it was quiet during the week. And so sure, we're all every single day now we're doing arrivals and it's not our favorite to have something every day to do. But again, it's not about us. It's about what's good for these guys. But you know what I found that is extremely beneficial has been just really heartwarming for me is that um, these housekeepers, right? So what I discovered early on was that these ladies are coming to the island, right? It's there's sometimes hour and a half, two hour bus ride for them to get here. And then they've got six hours to work, right? 10 to four. So if they're cleaning one big house, that's all they got for the day. If they're cleaning three, two bedroom villas, that's all they got. And guess what? They're going as fast as they can to get every, as many places as they can get done to make as much money as they can before they get back on the bus and leave. They're working one day a week on Saturday. And so now all of a sudden I find out, you know, it, it just, again, by accident, now they're working seven days a week. They work whenever they want and they can take their time. They, mm-hmm. they can take their, they can do a better job in the property. Now they're make. I mean, they could quit all these other things they're doing. The ladies that companies that we brought in were then able to hire the best help because everybody yeah. wanted to come work for them so they could work five, six days a week. And it's just turned into, I've watched companies grow. And my coach talks about spreading abundance, which is a lot of what I do by accident. But I look at some of these housekeeping companies that this lady, Karen, that started with me had no properties. She's got 60 something properties now, drives a big old brand new SUV, got her own laundry. I don't want anything from it, but it's, it's, I think it's because of these shorter term stays and being able to work every day of the week and make more money for them. Yeah. That's not the American dream, isn't it? Owning a big old SUV and having a growing small business, right? It's like peak American dream right there. Okay. Um, yeah. I want to plug one, one thought there. There's, there's as much as we talk about the new people that entered into the business, there's a lot to be said for the beginner's mind. And I can remember the first meeting I went to at the vacation rental company here on the Outer Banks in 2008. And my first suggestion was, if we want to compete against hotels, why are we forcing people to check in on Saturdays when hotels will let them check in any day? And I was almost laughed out of the meeting room in 2008. What are you talking about? There's no way that works. No one does that. And then you have Airbnb that enters and these new this new mindset that enters and it starts to show the industry that, no, actually open calendars is exactly what our guests want. And to Mark's point, it fills in the calendar a lot better than people expect. And then you get all the other benefits that cascade from that around the team and the cleaners and the people that are your working staff that's happier because they're able to work more consistently and have a better income. There's just a huge amount that comes from that. But I think that starts from that beginner's mindset who doesn't know any better. Just like Mark picked the wrong PMS, didn't know any better. And then all of a sudden he's stuck with this. And now all of a sudden Hilton Head has a whole new way of practicing. So as much as maybe we, we talk about people who, who come in and don't understand, there's a lot of benefit to coming in with that open mind as well. Yeah, it's you almost like my- I think... I I was saying, I I think people forget who they work for. And it's, look, we're this vacation rental company. We're going to tell you how to do things. It's your property. And so one of our things when we first started was it's your investment, your return. So I tell everybody these new property, we call them partners, but new partners, when I talk to them, look, this is your property. You want me to, you want me to do it for three months a year and leave it? You have it there. I don't care. I'll do six weeks. It's your property. Where do you need, where do you need me? What do you need me to do? for you. And that's it. And I think I I look around this place, this island, and I think, I think people, there's so many management companies focused on what's good for them. They see a big new property and think about how much money are they going to make? We're looking at, oh my God, wait till they see what we can do for them. 
That's what we look at. And it's so different. And so, yeah, when you think about, no, we're going to force Saturday to Saturday down your throat because that's how it is while the rest of the industry is changing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm glad people are, most people are figuring it out. Yeah. That's one thing that you've pointed out, Mark, when you started on your own and did it in a way that you feel like now has better, better outcome. Is there other things that you feel like you've done differently now than the previous experience you had in another company? Do you look at certain decisions, not just around dates, but other operational pieces in the business or marketing pieces of the business? One thing we said before we hit record is that you've grown so quickly, but without doing a ton of advertising for new owners. So I guess I'm curious about that. How'd you get the kind of success? Okay. So it started with, it started with a, a different approach for the guests. Like what should we do for them? What do they want? Let's not, everybody throws the same little sample bottles of everything and whatever, all the stuff, all the plastic that gets thrown away. So we started with, we're going to be sustainable. Nothing is going to have plastic except for the pumps that are reusable and refillable, all that kind of stuff. Luxury beach towels, canvas tote bags, fresh flowers for every guest, handwritten welcome note, goodie bag. So all of a sudden these reviews start coming in, which most people are, most management companies, I think if you ask them, are you focused on the guest or the owner? Most would say the owner. We, we believe we focus on the guest. We are focusing on the owner. So we started, we said, let's create all this abundance for this guest. So then the reviews start coming in, right? I've been coming down to Hilton Head for 30 years, never had an experience like this. Post to coast of the best, blah, blah, blah. But what I haven't really spread, and hopefully nobody in Hilton Head listens to this, because this is this has been our magic, and I'm sorry, guys, but our, so in the beginning with five or six properties, I had a property owner say to me, she told me about these Facebook groups, which are like, Hilton Head vacation rental owners or something. And I'm not involved in Facebook. I don't spend any time on there. I have a marketing person for that. But so she said, you should join these groups. But I took that differently. I took a, I took and sent an email out to 25 property owners. And I said, hey, we're forming a Facebook army and you can volunteer. We want you like that. We want you stuff. Click on, here's the links, made it easy. Join these groups. If you got, if you have anything positive, say it about host to coast. We did that at 50 properties and all of a sudden I started, instead of getting phone calls in the beginning and I would say, where did you, how'd you get my number? Oh, so-and-so told me where all of a sudden it was Facebook and I was Facebook and I'm like, what is Facebook? No, what Facebook is like, what are you talking about? And once I figured it out, I just sent it out at 50 properties, a hundred properties. I started having people in locally in this industry that I don't work with asking me like, what are you doing on Facebook? Everything is host to coast. Somebody says I'm not happy with X, Y, Z, they get bombarded. And so 150 properties sent the same thing out. So the army just keeps getting bigger. And when you serve people, it's if I said to you, do you have a mechanic? And you say, oh, I love this guy. You can trust this guy. Like I want to be, that's the, I want to be that guy. I want to be the plumber, the electrician, whatever. I want to be your guy that you want to tell everybody about. So we became that, those people on Facebook and like I said, it's almost every, it's literally almost every day somebody calls. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Scott, you sent me a podcast link, I think on Monday with Hormozy on Modern Wisdom. And yeah. he's big on word of mouth because he, he like, he, exactly like Mark just described in perfect detail. It's this flywheel effect where word of mouth generates another customer. That customer then becomes an owner in your case. In this context, Mark, then they might tell someone else. And like you said, it's just gotten bigger and bigger. So I guess I'm curious, Scott, this idea of like word of mouth, we underrate it we tend to assume, oh, word of mouth is only for negative. Someone has a bad experience, they're going to tell everybody. But if people have a good experience and you prompt them, to Mark's point, you can get a lot of benefit out of it as well. 
Yeah, and I believe word of mouth is is not addition, it's multiplication, right? And I think that's a hormosy view as well, right? It, because an MPS, net promoter score, which everyone, no one really loves that measurement, but it does tell a story, right? Because I think to Mark's point, if you've got the nines and tens, they are the ones, Conrad, that are out yelling, right? They are out, they're doing the pep rallies, they're out pushing, right? It's how many people can you push into that nine and 10 to really push it to that level. And I think based on everything Mark's saying, you, you deliver and, and Conrad, you've said, get the right reviews, get the right bookings, right? Get the right owners, get the right. And it's just, it just all keeps spinning in a, in a nice flywheel. And I do, I think anytime that you're delivering at a high level and your intent is to deliver at that high level, it's always about multiplication, not addition. Yeah. The, the context that I have, Mark, because I talk to a lot of individual property managers who are trying to work sure. on their marketing, mostly on the guest side, but I do hear owner feedback as well sometimes from them, is just this idea that they can brute force their way into getting properties, that if they send enough postcards or if they do enough paid advertising, and that's sometimes what they want might, might want my help with, if they do enough social advertising that they'll get there. But I think what you're describing is actually a lot different because it's the advertising, I would say this people, is that your claims on the ad aren't always believable. When I say I'm great, when I pound my chest, I'm the best property manager in Hilton Head, it's not always believable. When someone that's actually chosen to work with me says that Mark's the best property manager, they believe it. Do you think that's the reason why it's been more successful is that it that carries more weight actually when you say something positive about your own company? Duh. But when yeah. John Joe says yeah. something positive, it's so much better. Yeah, I believe wholeheartedly in that. Not only is there a side benefit of having a customer already sold when they come to you, right? I don't have to, I almost don't have to say anything. I, they want to hear the story and Here's I want to contract. tell the story. Yeah, it's, it becomes, I, so I came from an industry where I learned, I studied with Brian Buffini, for example, business by referral. That's what he teaches. So I learned that and I learned how to do a mayor campaign and how can I be your guy and all this. So I, I brought all that experience with me to say, I want to educate these people on how to be my sales force. I want to, I want these owners, not only to, I, when I deliver, and that's one of the things that I'm known for with, with these people is that when I say I'm going to do it, I do it. So if I can deliver what I say I'm going to do and they can count on me, the next step is to help them, help educate them, them on how to sell me and this company forward. In fact, I, I think I know the guests I want you guys to talk to, but there's a lady who's my, my next step in the evolution is to bring other Bring all bring a handful of other companies on this island together under host to coast, without purchasing them, uh, but to uh, just take advantage of economies of scale. And there's a couple companies that are struggling right now that I know of through the people that I know. That if I wasn't going out of town for the next two months, I would love to meet with them. But I want to figure it out one way or the other. But yeah, I think if you build a good foundation, like you said, there's people. My my I don't really have competitors out there. I would say, but like. The people that are in my industry, in my area, do a lot of chest pounding. I'm the best this, I'm the best that. In fact, one of the things I found interesting recently was a company that I used to work for that they talk about having three three property managers per property. That's something they brag about, that they would say to you as a potential new owner, like, if you work with us, you have three people to work with. I don't want three people to work with. I want one person. One so I immediately sent out to every property owner. I'm like, okay. And I said to my property managers, listen, one point of contact from now on, right? I want every one of you to reach out to your team, your territory and tell the, your owners, you call me for everything, whether it's pricing, housekeeping issue, anything, one, one phone number. Because why would you want three people? 
But again, there is a lot of, I do this, I do that, I do this for you. And then unless you actually get recommended, I don't know that it means a lot. And, and that, that's always been my point to it, Mark, which is that you can put whatever words you want to on a postcard or on a piece of direct mail that goes out to a homeowner, but they, they don't believe them. No, that's what it comes down to. If you're so great, why haven't I heard of you? It's like the natural refrain from that. If you heard of a brand new yeah. car company and it was called the Scott Adam car company, right? You'd be like, and they say they make the fastest cars in the world. You'd be like, I don't think that's true. Like, I think that probably the, the Lamborghinis are a little faster than that car. But Adam, I was going to go your direction on the marketing side of things, because I feel like Breezeway had that effect to me when I first heard about Breezeway, when you were there. I always, people who were Breezeway customers were always the happiest to use that software. They would talk about it publicly. Even though we're in a meeting about marketing, sometimes Breezeway got brought up. I'm like, what does that have to do with marketing? It has nothing to do with marketing, but people love that software. And I feel like when you were there, it had to be like this helpful effect to sales, right? Like Mark was saying, the okay, here's the contract sign, that sort of thing. Yeah, for, for sure. Now, what I would say is that you, you find the right niches. And I think one thing that Mark talks about there is Facebook. And, and Conrad, I think you might have mentioned Facebook groups in the last discussion we had, last podcast episode. I think it's probably underutilized. And, and Mark saw that opportunity and then executed on that, but not in the normal way. Because most people will think, oh, it's a, it's a Facebook ad. We'll just put an ad up on Facebook. And to your point, Conrad, that's the chest thumping. Hey, look at me. Whereas Mark was coming from behind and saying, hey, if you like working with me, here's a group that you can go out and share that information with. That's prodding them to do it themselves versus us holding up the sign saying, look at me. I think that's a completely different way of, pro of approaching things. And I, hats off to you, Mark. I think that's the way that you want to grow because the majority of this industry is not going to make that effort. The, the quick effort is... Hey, Conrad, send out some postcards. I'll, I'll just take a phone call when it comes in. But taking that slower approach, slowing down to go faster, I, I think is an important piece. Mm. But to your correlation there with Breezeway, Conrad, I, I think that at the end of the day, it matters what your actions are. It matters the execution. So that the only way that was effective for Mark was because he was executing on the ground. Him and his team were executing on what they promised. And I think that was the saving grace of, of Breezeway. And to be honest, that is... Uh, undervalued, I think, probably in life, but definitely in the vacation rental industry. I think that there's a lot of companies and, and vendors in particular who say and make promises, and then it doesn't live up to those promises. Whereas Breezeway is one of those tools that, A, it filled a very important niche. It filled this operational niche that just needed to be fixed because the PMSs were not going to fix it. And they stayed focused on it. And what they promised is what they delivered. And I think that's why people like them so much is they know what to expect. Hey, Breezeway says they can do operations. Okay, they can do operations. And that's, I think, the same way that all of us individually, when we create our, our personal brand or our company brand, we need to think about the expectations that we're setting. And then we need to go out and meet and exceed those expectations. Because even if you have a fantastic performance, but you promised way above that, you're still going to look like a failure to whoever you set those expectations with. So I think it's finding the right route, setting the right expectations, and then exceeding those expectations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, a small pivot here, Mark, you started at a very interesting time. You basically started the vacational company, it looks like, mm -hmm. in the spring of 2020. Now, yep. there was a short period of time where that was a horrible time to be in our industry because things were shut down. People weren't traveling. I would argue like end of February into March, April of 2020 was the worst time. And then things exploded and opened up. And we've talked about that. Uh, was that intentional that timing? Did it just happen to work out that way? And what no. was your thoughts maybe in March and April yeah, of 2020 as you were in that? I'm place? definitely, I'm certainly not that smart, but you know what I have found in retrospect, there's actually people who way smarter than maybe all of us that talk about the best time to start people that started businesses in the depression and things like that, where they, there's books about that, like that 
in the worst of times, that's the best time to start a business. No, I left more on personal reasons. So I was, I felt extremely undervalued at the company that I was at. I passed up an app. I, I would have been one of the owners. The company got turned over to, to six employees a couple of years ago. And I was going to be one of those. Thank God that didn't happen. I can't even imagine being a seventh owner of a company with six other people who've never run a business in their life. But no, it was more just, I was fed up and I left. It was, a. I, I say to this day, it's like a miracle. I don't know what happened. I, for me, I, I, I left, all the bookings went away, right? Across the island. So no, no properties had bookings, but Hilton Head didn't really shut down. So in a, in about a month's time, I picked up enough properties to get out there. And then all the bookings came back, <laughs> you know, and it was like, what's going on? So nobody's going to leave a management company in April when their summer's full of bookings because they're going to, they're afraid, especially for a new guy. But when your calendar is completely cleared and you've been upset with this management company you've been with forever, and now's your time to make a break. And I've been in sales all my life, so it doesn't hurt that I'm able to sell myself. So yeah, pure accident, absolute blessing. And man, then the real estate market takes off. People start buying properties, vacation rental properties, and that are already managed by XYZ, but they want to work. They've already found me before they bought. So they just give me the property. And then all of a sudden, I'm just, it's just steamrolled. Like I said, I don't, yeah, I did not plan. We're planning now. We're retroact, retroactively. I came up with a business plan six months after I started the business. These days, we're putting together our business playbook. So we're putting all our procedures down because we do expect to expand and not for the, not for expansions purposes, but just because we feel like we need to fill the gap in other, somewhere else in this industry where people need to be serviced properly. Mm -hmm. So we want to create, we're putting our procedures together to, so that when we do acquire or, you know, consolidate with other companies, we can show them how to do it. Yeah. Go ahead, Scott. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Governor. So Mark, I'm curious right? You're talking about growth and you talked about promises, right? And, and and I think from our perspective in this business, the number one promise is how much revenue that we're going to bring. And we're certainly facing that. And, and quite honestly, our model, we have two different models, right? We have Travel Advantage Network um, and then we have Del Mar Beach Vacations. But for Del Mar Beach Vacations, if one of the first questions is, well, how much money will I make from an owner? We usually turn the other way and say, hey, not our deal. But what's your take on that? How, how many of your conversations now or more recently have been, how much money can you make me versus the people that are just ready for a change? Nobody talks about the money. It's pretty easy for us. When I talk to, when I don't know how Brian does it. Brian's my general manager. I think he's pretty close to how I do it. But when that's part of the procedures we're documenting as well is, is how to sell. But the first thing I tell, what I tell the story about Host to Coast. And then I, I, I usually tell a prospective partner, look, it's, it's, th it's three things. Number one, I need to see that we can connect over the phone on our first meeting. Like, how do we get along? then I need to see your property and make sure it fits our portfolio. And, and if we pass those first two hurdles, then we need to agree on what's fair compensation for this, the services that I provide. I do in the sales pitch, I tell them, look, I have a professional revenue manager who sits at his desk way too much, but he's focused on revenue. And I have so many stories of revenue that has blown through the roof for these property owners. 
And while everybody was going down in 2023, we don't have anybody that made less in 23 than they did in 22. Maybe that'll happen in 24. But yeah, if somebody came to me and it was about money, it's I don't, that's not who we are. I don't want an owner or partner who doesn't value what we do. If you don't love what we do and trust in us first, I need the lead, I need to have the leeway to make decisions on your behalf without calling you, right? I'm going to treat this property like it's my own type of thing. I can't report to you for everything, right? If that's what you want, then I'm not your guy. But the revenue, in fact, you guys, you know what I did recently that was really cool? I started messing with chat GPT. <laughs> so I decided we do such a good job at revenue generation. That's one of the things that we're, has, we've become known for. We make so much money for our property owners. So I just started writing on chat testimonials, owner testimonials. I wrote 10 of them, just tweaking. I don't know if you guys have used that stuff. You can be like, hey, make it more brief or do whatever. And then I just emailed 10 I emailed them to 10 different property owners. And I said, do you guys mind if I post these on your behalf? Like Mike Cunningham, 2411 Seacrest. I'm like, Mike, does this sound okay with you? He's like, yeah, do I need to sign it? I'm like, hey, Tom, can I do this one? He's like, yeah, good job. Good. So now we're posting those things everywhere. But I know that if I have to write them myself or they're never going to write them for me. And it's all about revenue generation for these guys. Yep. So, nice. but we do a good job at that. Look, I, I want to put a I want to put a pin on that one too, Mark, because that is classic sales and marketing. You don't want to if you want something back from somebody, you cannot throw it over the fence and hope they're going to get it back to you. Get them a version, uh -huh. let them clean up the version, and then you're good to go. That'll take you a quarter of the time than it would trying to get them to do it on their own. So kudos on that move too. Thanks, man. And you get the result. It's Plus, it's way better. Chat, <laughs> chat GPT, AI's writing these things. It's yeah, it's I, I feel like that blank cursor syndrome for even for people like myself who write and we enjoy writing. We enjoy writing blog posts or I post a lot on LinkedIn myself personally, Mark, and I like it. I look forward to doing those things. But there's something intimidating about a blank cursor at certain moments in our life. And so for people yes. who don't like that, that's just like the worst thing you could ask them to possibly do. Right. Sit down and write something positive about me. But yeah, making the easy yes. Right. To Adam's point, just make it easy for someone to say, yeah, that sounds good. That's fine. This gets you closer and solving people's problems, which you've hit on that several times throughout today's discussion, Mark, is that it seems like that's your inclination towards things is that you see a problem. My dad's thing is see a problem, fix a problem. That's what my dad would say to me when I was younger. And it's maybe it's not your responsibility. Maybe it's not your job, so to speak. Maybe we could go to back to the property owner and ask them, hey, do I have your approval for 80 bucks to go and change out this thing in your AC system? Or do you just see a problem, fix a problem and send them the ADL or invoice and just keep rolling with what needs to be done? So yeah, I think that's a rare trade, unfortunately, nowadays. I got a few other things here. Let me just pivot into some other things here that we have listed out here. You've said taking care of the guest. We might use the term hospitality or everyone here on the podcast is a fan of the book, Unreasonable Hospitality. Have you heard of that book or read that concept before? Yeah. Talking about this Keep one? Hunting. Yeah, we're talking exactly about that yeah. one. Yeah. 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 What's your perspective about that book? Was there anything that you learned from it from the survey? Yeah, I'm only, I'm a little over halfway through. I stopped because as you look closely, you can see my travel plans from Mexico. I got sidetracked. I leave on Monday for a, for I'll be gone for, a, for till the end of March. But yeah, in fact, I have notes in here, pages folded over. I, I in the beginning, I thought I wouldn't want to like, why am I reading a book about a dude with the restaurant? I mean, how's that gonna? But I loved a lot of his ideas. I have notes in my phone that I keep for this, mostly like page ninety two, page ninety six, or all these things. So I love to to get. I love the book. Uh, I, love, I did learn some things from it so far. Like I said, I'm all barely halfway through, over halfway through. But yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that. And I think a new chapter came out, right? Didn't he like email everybody a new additional chapter or something? Yes. So 
Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we're in the hospitality business and that's the thing. It's, it's really not that difficult, really, just to even to give the basic parts of it. If you just think about do what's right. I tell my staff, look, if a guest calls you and you want to argue with them about what's what's unreasonable or not, it, if it's a problem for them, it's a problem for them. It's the end. Of, it, it just give them what I don't even care if they feel like they want to $200 back for something that you disagree with. Give them $200 back. Who cares? I had a guy just last week email me a guest. He was upset about something and everybody here was like, I'm not giving you a refund for it. He found his way to me and I, I just don't care. So I was like, whatever, man. It was like $732 or something. I just said, all right, here you go. This dude emails me last week and he says, hey, I, you guys, thank you so much for the way you handled that. I referred you to my friend who booked January and February with you guys. And I'm like, great, thanks, man. He's so let's talk about some kind of referral fee. <laughs> I said, this guy's just fishing far. for it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I said, that's, far. hey, man, that's too far. That's just too far. <laughs> so, I follow some people on Mark on Twitter in particular. And there's one guy I follow. I think it's Raheen is the one that's tweeted something to this sentiment before, which is that this business will cause you a lot less stress if you just have a non-emotional reactions to things like refund requests and things like that. It sounds like that's your approach. You're almost nonchalant about it. You're like, yeah, it's going to happen. It's what it is. Yeah, it's there. There is a quote out of here, out of this book that I put in my notes. Let me see if I can just dig it real quick for you guys. Yeah, no. but but yeah. Anyway, so no, it's all good. Maybe, maybe we can go in a different direction. Then you had listed yeah. on here uh, or on your Airbnb listings in particular. You have this graphic in the gallery I'm looking at right now. One percent of your booking goes directly back into the community that makes Hilton Head the number one island in America. So what is this 1%? What is this community kind of effort that you're involved in? You talked about taking care of the guests, taking care of the homeowner. How do you take care of the island itself and the people who live there? Yeah, we started that or I started that. I really wish I could explode it, but I'm not giving it the time it deserves. The I had this thought. I started with picking. I started to walk around picking up garbage, right? So I started this thing about picking up garbage and and getting homeowners to donate a percentage to help keep the island clean. And it just wasn't broad enough. And then one day I came up with hosts for community. So the concept really could be big, but it, it, the deal is that we're all, we all benefit, right? I benefit, everybody that works for me benefits, the, the, the homeowner benefits from all these guests that keep coming down here. And while these guests are coming down here, we got guys blowing the sidewalks off, planting flowers, musicians playing music at the places where they go to eat, all the housekeepers that are coming and doing their stuff. So I thought, why couldn't we ask these property owners to donate just 1% of their gross booking revenue to this charity. I'll donate 1% of mine as well, but we're also going to, we're also going to donate 1% of every booking that every gross for all the gross revenue from a booking, whether it's Verbo, Airbnb or whatever, it doesn't matter. So my little company did, I think we, we came, we came up with 140,000 last year. And so with that money, we give it to, I send some to musicians. I provide gas cards, monthly rechargeable gas cards for housekeepers and that's a big expense. I did a bus fare one month, but it was $12,000 for one month of bus passes. And that was too much. I couldn't survive. I couldn't do that. But yeah, I hired an executive director and, and we just started taking it off. I met with a couple of other management companies who were down. They, they verbally were with these two larger companies alone. If they would have actually followed through, that would have been $800,000 a year. And just with those, just the three of us to give back to the community. So the downside with them, unfortunately, is we keep taking on new properties and they, they unfortunately come from other companies. <laughs> and so my people are back here taking properties away from their companies. I'm out trying to help 
trying to get them to donate to the charity. So they got upset with uh, losing more properties. But so I'm in a bit of a situation where I can't really get enough people to sign up because there's still that uh, a lot of owner management company owners, I don't think can think past, uh, they can't think about the bigger picture, but that's what the charity is about. If I could just take 1% donations from the, it's on the contract too. You have a choice when you sign with us 1%, yes or no for the charity. And then, like I said, I want to give back to all these people that, that make our community so wonderful that people want to keep coming here. Yeah. Yeah, Scott, I feel like that's a sentiment that's pretty underappreciated or not really something that we hear from most folks, which is that what do I do for the the people, to Mark's point, the people, and then also the area itself. So I, I like that. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. We, we tend to forget how rough we can all be on an area, right? And the people of that area. And and I think we've all talked about, right, regulation. and But the, the other side of it is just being good to your community. And I think in the flywheel, if you have people that say you're a good neighbor, I think that goes along a long way as well. And so I love the idea. And, and I think there's worth some time and, and truly investing there. I, I think the largest time, largest portion of our time is spent getting ready to do battle with community. And way back when we had the rent responsibility folks on, we talked about like, how about you just meet them? How about you meet them in the community? And Mark is doing that to a level that I haven't heard anyone else discuss before. I love every bit of it. Mm-hmm. You, Thanks, you said man. earlier, Mark, yeah. I know. Yeah, I, I, we have a handful of minutes here left. Mark, I want to be respectful of your okay. time and hop off here sure. on time. But um, you said earlier, you might've thought of someone that you maybe could be a good interview for us when we were talking about referrals and that piece of it. Is that person, that person come to mind for you that could potentially be the next guest here on our show? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. So I had lunch with a, a three different really interesting people yesterday. Two of them own their own housekeeping business. And the other one is a, a contractor that's, but they're all different in the sense that they're focused on, they're different in the sense that they're focusing on building a business, right? So the person that came to mind was this Carla lady that I've been talking to. So she's pretty impressive. She's 360 properties. I met her because I went into a property, two of her properties that we were taking over from another company. And she's like, what's happening? I'm losing properties now. I'm like, no, you keep cleaning. I've never seen anybody do such a good job. But she's impressed me so much since because she's so smart. Yesterday, she brought me a contract for a 16-unit building that some she wants me to help her invest in. And she's just she's down in Orlando building another company. I just sent her into Cassiola down there, and she actually went there and got a contract. She's just a baller like that, and she's really impressive. She's young. But, yeah, I would say I, I would think she would have some good insight for people, whether it's other – people in her industry or just people in our industry that could benefit from the information that she could provide. Because I think, honestly, getting information from people like housekeepers. Yeah. She's the one that's got, she's the one that's, go ahead. Yeah. I I love that suggestion. It it fits well with, with the suggestion from Andy on, on last week's episode where he was suggesting we start to talk with some people that are working out in the field and not only from a field perspective, but I I love that hustle and that she's out there trying to build these businesses. And after a a quick lunch with you already bringing new opportunities to you. I I just love that mindset. Mark, before we wrap up, I was wondering if maybe you could give us, because my focus right now is really on that guest hospitality side. and, And I love that you focused that to help uh, catapult the rest of your business. What do you think is maybe the one or two things that has really made the biggest difference on the guest side that you chose to do that maybe is a little bit different than other people have? The difference is what the main difference is what they walk into. So without, again, when you walk into our property 
as a guest, you're greeted by a beautiful, everything we put in the property is high quality, number one. So if I'm going to say, I'm going to put a tote bag in there for you to use, you, you, they end up calling me and ask them, can they ask some more? Because there's more than one lady in the whole place. When you're walking in, like I said, there's not another company on this island where you walk in and you have fresh flowers, a legitimate handwritten welcome note, chocolate chip cookies. It's set. It's ready. And the property's in great condition. What I think we also do differently in the guest's perspective is it starts with even when somebody inquires. We It's a race to see who can respond the fastest on Verbo or Airbnb or whatever if we get an inquiry. But it's what happens when they do book because then my staff is calling them, introducing themselves, asking them things like, would you be want, can we put groceries in the fridge for you? Can we have bikes ready for you when you get here? Take going that extra step. It's a little extra time, especially this time of year when all our bookings are coming in. But I think it's that personalization um, with the guests that they're not expecting that, right? You and I, we all book on Airbnb. I, I, I've, I, like I said, I'm gone for two months. I'm all over the Caribbean. I got so many bookings at Airbnbs and everything. I, I get a nice message back. But I don't hear from these. Nobody calls me and says, hey, thanks for booking. So I think that's a nice touch. Yeah, I love that. Awesome, Mark. I feel like we didn't get through all the outline, but that's the mark of a good guest. We always say that here at the end. If I get through half the outline, then it means that we probably talked about some good stuff because we kept going back into the well a little bit deeper. But this has been a great conversation, Mark, so we appreciate it. If folks are going to Hilton Head, I think they should go your way. I don't have a client in this market, but looking at the reviews here, I've seen reviews for other companies in the island, and they're nowhere near this level. So obviously, you're doing a good job. It's pretty obvious that you've grown so much. Uh, you got all these properties under management, and you got some beautiful stuff down there. So as a South Carolinian up here in the Myrtle Beach area, I see some nice stuff down here. Certainly a different vibe, a little bit more premium. And you're doing a fantastic sure. job. So thank you. We appreciate you hopping on the show with us today. Mark, one thing, because you've earned all these good reviews, one thing we need the listener to do is give us a review as well. So if you head on over to your podcast app of choice, click five stars, leave us a review. We can get more awesome guests like Mark on and get some more insights for the listener. So appreciate it. Yeah, if, any, if anyone has any suggestions or feedback, please let us know. And we appreciate everyone listening. We'll see you on the next episode of The Art of Hospitality. Thanks so much.